Hola, this is Lorena Junco Margain, and I'm so excited for this journey. We decided to launch this podcast to share my story with the hope that you could connect the dots of your life and truly be on your way. Today on On My Way, Lorena is joined by Supernatural star Jen Padalecki, who recounts her early days as an actress and her lesser-known soccer-filled youth. Lorena asks about Jen's new media platform, Town, which aims to share invaluable resources and tips on how we can live sustainably with nature in the face of modern environmental decay. Lorena and Jen go on to stress the importance of being your true self and letting authenticity guide you to a full life. Now to today's episode. Hello, Jen. We're so excited to have you on my way. All my friends, this is a very important guest. Jen Padalecki is a very accomplished artist. She has an amazing initiative called Town, and we will talk about different uh, phases in her life. But now it's when my bragging rights come. She's one of my best friends. We celebrated our 40th together and we had a blast. So thank you, Jen, for being here, opening your heart in all these different aspects of your life. Thank you so much for having me. And I feel like there's nobody better um, to sit across from and do a podcast with because, um, as I was saying before, I don't know many people who can open my heart the way that you can. Um, And we don't see each other as often as I would like to see you, but I feel like every time we do, it's this special time together. I agree. We always like going deep, but at at the same time, we can just like lay on a couch and giggle, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, that's normally (laughs) So that was our 40th birthday. Like, let's just go to a hotel, order room service and do nothing. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, let's do that. Sometimes we just need to unwind. Yeah. And unwinding, I think that's actually what took you to town. Tell us about, first of all, a little bit about your career and then how your passion, you took a little bit of time to actually understand what was your driver. Is that right? Yeah, I started my professional career um, in acting. I went to Tisch and I've always really loved acting. My grandmother introduced me to acting at a young age and would take me into the city in San Francisco and we'd see plays together in Ashland, Oregon and do the Shakespeare Festival. And it was always something I really enjoyed doing. And it was always a goal of mine to go to Tisch that I just had my eye on the prize and wanted to go to Tisch. And um, I was accepted and went to theater school. And um, pretty quickly afterwards ended up um, in Los Angeles and got repped by an agency there and started working really quickly, which was um, very lucky. And um, How old were you just so we can have a, a reference? Yeah, so I was, let's see, I was uh, 22 when I graduated from college and I believe I got my first job at 23. Wow. Super young. Super young, yes. And is it hard, like the the Hollywood world, the manager, does it get a little bit overwhelming or it seems like the next step to do? For me, it was really overwhelming, but I felt, I, I've always been a bit cerebral growing up mm-hmm. and wanted to understand my place in things and how things operated. And I was really lucky to have met some interesting people that were major players in the entertainment world. Um, When I was in high school, my mom and Demi Moore were really great friends. And she was always so another person who was so open with her heart, um, just would listen to me and would give me great advice. And she actually pushed me and opened a door into um, getting an internship at CAA. Wow. Which I thought was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, who, I wasn't going to be an agent. Why would I want to be around this environment? And she said, no, no, you don't want a PA if you want to get like hands on experience. You want to learn and chat with people that are really like networking and in the heart and the thick of it in a different capacity. And so she really pushed me into um, this capacity, uh, this totally different worlds. And I interned at CAA one summer. And because of that internship, they ended up representing me. Wow. So um, we've spoken during our episodes 
the importance of a good mentor. Yes. Um, my father told Eduardo when we were dating, he was wanting to be more entrepreneur, not an employee. And, and my father had a very wise comment. He said, just make sure you're under two good mentors, one under each wing. And he said, it normally gets lonely at the top. So highly successful people, high achievers tend to be lonely because they become very private after the high exposure. Mm -hmm. So I assume Demi is one of, of those cases, right? She kind of took over you, guided you. Do you have another person that was very important in how your life evolved? Oh, that's a great question. You know, the other person for me that was really instrumental was my grandfather. Um, and he was not a person who was interested necessarily in the entertainment world. He was a CPA and he built um, a, a real estate portfolio in California and really came from nothing but had a very strong work ethic. And what was really helpful for me was the way he figured out how to make things work with what he was given. And that taught me that I didn't have to just accept what was in front of me, but I could take what was in front of me and double down and and do something creative with that. Um, he never was super helpful as far as creativity is concerned and saying, you know, this is how you behave like a tree or, you know, or could be in a, your imagination. But where he was really helpful was in supporting my dreams and having a really strong work ethic. And those that combination of the two was was really helpful to this day. I I I lean how I call him still with. That's wonderful. I think also learning me being an artist as well, creative wise, we're maybe oversaturated. But when you can have guidance on how finances work and how to structure a business and what are the best practices, for me that has always been a huge help. Mm -hmm. So. Something I've noticed with you is that you always follow everything with your heart. You're highly aware of the feelings of others. You're a highly sensitive person on how you mother, the food you give to your kids. So tell me about that. Did you grow up being um, like a very clean eater, uh, very fit since you were a girl? Or, or did you develop this because of the lack of? That's a great question. Well, my mom was really young when she had me. She was 20. And my brother quickly followed after. And during this, when she was married and having children, she, my dad was in law school. And my mom, it was interesting. And I was born in 1981. And at the time, <laughs> great year, 82 is an even better vintage, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, at that time, that's when processed foods really came about. And we, you know, it was quick eating, microwave eating. And funny enough, I think it's because of my brother's allergies that she leaned more into holistic foods and um, probably living in the Bay Area. That was more of a, you know, a cultural thing and more of a movement. So she really leaned more into cooking um healthy. Uh, we, you know, ate, I remember eating more tofu and almond milk because my brother had heavy allergies as we got older and we had two more, I had two more siblings. It's obviously not as easy. Um, and I was fortunate because she was a full-time mom. So she was able to spend that time cooking for us and teaching me how to also nourish my body. I, I think still I have probably slight weird issues with food. I was a star athlete growing up and just a type personality and control. Can you tell us what sport? In soccer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love it. Please, please, love it please too. brag. You you deserve this bragging. So uh, she played for the nationally, right? I played um, ODP. I yes. wish it was on my way to play. You know, that was the trajectory. And I, I to this day, I wish that I had, you know, just pushed a little harder or gone to this soccer camp that my dad was trying to push me into. And um, but we moved around a little bit growing up. I was living in the Bay Area and my dad was an outdoorsman and a big ski bum. Not a bum, but he mm -hmm. loved to ski. And that was something that was instilled in us. And so we moved to Montana and then later Idaho. And I think that disruption at 13 years old made me feel very out of control. and Totally, of your schedule. Yes, of everything and disconnected and 
we didn't have the internet back then. And no, it's pretty amazing how um, how you grow up impacts your future. Very much. In a good way and a bad way. Good way, I, I shared that sentiment with you. I moved wherever my parents were. So part of it was I never had like the best friends since I'm a kid. But again, I have three schools that I can be friends with. So I got depleted in a way, but multiplied in many other ways. I'm not a shy person. I know how to approach someone. And I think that without that, maybe I would have been in my comfort zone. Right. So trying to find the silver linings with, you know, however we grew up. So you started acting. That was your first that yes, so I started acting and that was my first job and business and I had never been on a TV show and then suddenly I was thrust into being a lead on a TV show which was great because I had had a strong work ethic and I was fortunate to know people like to be more who sort of gave me a set of rules to follow, you know, just show up on time, know your lines, you know, don't drink with alone with anybody, you know. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Truly, um, pay attention, you know, um, don't cause drama. Just, you know, speak up when you need to advocate for yourself, but uh, be as professional as possible. And I, I feel like that really helped set a tone. And uh, being a soccer player, I had a really strong work ethic. So I worked really hard. And then I went from wildfire on ABC Family to... Supernatural, where I met Jared, my husband, and we we had a whirlwind romance and married a year later. And it was kind of, it just, it was a huge shift and change. And I think my upbringing growing up and moving around allowed me to shift my career for a second because that was something that was incredibly challenging for someone like me who and I'm sure like you who likes to be in charge and be creative and have something fulfilling for yourself. So to take a pause for a second and start a family and think about family was really exciting, but also felt very, very courageous, right? It's very looking back now, I go, wow, that was courageous. At the time I was scared shitless. <laughs> me too. For me, having babies was like jump into cold water. Yes. You know, uh, some people are like, Whenever I grow up, you know, when I'm two years into my marriage, I'm going to get pregnant. For me, it was like, since I I had my art gallery, I was like, oh my gosh, this is only getting better. So I will never want to, like, when when do the kids come in? And, yeah. and Eddie and I were just like, let's do it. Yeah. And it's actually uh, a blessing. Um, you, I was very concerned about my time and my ability to love appropriately. Mm. And then my mom said, love never divides, it multiplies. And I'm like, she's just giving me like this (laughs) little pep talk, right? And I witnessed it, like I lived it, like, oh my gosh, it's not, I didn't take out my love for art, my love for Eduardo, my love for my grandmother, like suddenly this new love for Lore appeared. That, That is a miracle. I love, I mean, the transformation we go through as a couple and as a family, I think that's fascinating. I want to talk to Jen as an actress, Jen as a mother, and then Jen as an advocate for all things environment, which is where I want to really hone in in a bit. But tell me more. So let's lay out a a picture of you to all our audience so then we can understand and relate to you. Sure. Well, and it's all related. It's all interconnected. And that ability at that moment in time to pivot and take a step back from a career that I was, I worked really hard to build. It doesn't, even though it happened somewhat quickly for me, it still was a lot of hard work and sweat and tears that went into it. And so I felt scared to take a step back, but it was important for me to take a step back. And I was really lucky to have a supportive partner in this process. We had our first son and um, it took a while to get pregnant. But then, you know, what? so when we were, when I stopped breastfeeding Thomas, which was one year into his, basically on his one year birthday, a month later, we went to Vegas and suddenly I I hit the jackpot and got pregnant again. Um, So it happened much quicker with with Shep and um, having two babies so close together was a little bit 
shocking because um, it's like, you know, just it's like hurting cats or like swimming in the water and you're drowning and then you throw more babies at you. And you're like, I mean, oh, you're sleep deprived, <laughs> everything multiplying uh, yourself in many ways and still working. Were you still working? No, I had given you gave a, yourself a pause. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Jared was in Vancouver filming Supernatural at the time. And, you know, I I didn't want to divide our family up. I was really nervous about doing that and what that looked like. And mm -hmm. uh, so I was focused on being a mother. And then it, uh, we took some time before we wanted to have another baby. So I think Tom was five and Shep was about two or three. Uh, and then we had Odette. And during having a daughter, there was something, and I don't know if you felt like this, but there is a big shift there is with having a daughter and I, I I would like to say I parent equally um I love equally but I they're all different totally and there are different realities mm -hmm. like even though we want to give them the same opportunities the world is still not there I remember um driving to school and Lore being very excited about the possibility of Hillary Clinton being the first woman president and um even I, I, we didn't talk politics because, you know, we were in a new country. I wanted her to have a, a, like a good, solid experience before understanding. And then I remember in carpool, she had a meltdown and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, it's not fair. Like women don't have a chance. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not only my talk, but as a group, there's more uh, the consciousness around it. So I, I do think we need to work on our wording and let them know that we will fight for equal opportunities and understanding that they're not the same. They have different strengths. So I do not mother Eddie the same that I mother Patty or that I mother Lori. Right. Even within the same sex, I think there are different constitutions. One is more fiery, the other one is more watery. And I see that in your kids too. Very much so. They're very different. Tom is... You know, and birth order plays a big role as well. Tom's Definitely. more of a, a leader. He he wants to please Jared. So he sort of takes on that role of mm -hmm. dad sometimes where I'm like, Tom, you need to settle. You don't have to be, take on everything. Shep is just more, he wears his heart on his sleeve, but he's also um, the kid in the corner who is totally fine not being super social and wants to build an empire of Legos. That's the middle child. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's me. I'm the middle child. Really? Yes. I love that. How about <laughs> you? What birth order are you? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. So you're like very structured, responsible. Is that right? Yeah, I am. And I, I, it's hard for me to not be competitive and not in a negative way. I think sometimes, unfortunately, especially with girls, that's looked upon as a negative thing. For me, competitive is I ran a marathon and I was a minute and a half short of my time for qualifying for the Boston. And so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I am going to do everything in my power to take two minutes off to make sure that I will, the next time I do this, I that's will. That's amazing. I don't, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's sabotage though, or if it's something that it's just this need to achieve mm -hmm. and provide. Okay. So two questions. One, I've always said, don't assume your dreams are their dreams. Like I am very conscious about not expecting my kids to fulfill what I didn't achieve or accomplish. Does that play out with you as well? Or is it like more me? I don't know. For, for example... You do not have to get married to travel around with your boyfriend. You know, I grew right. up in a very conservative environment. Right now, that rule does not serve me. And it's something I might not endorse with my kids. I'm willing to be open about it. It's okay if you're not 99.9% .9 in everything. You know, like I was very hard on myself. So with my kids, I'm like, I just want you to be you. I want you to be happy. And even one of my, my daughters says like, you're too laid back. And I'm like, that's funny. I overcompensated, right? right? Like I went to the other extreme. How do you find yourself mothering with your girl on, on with your story? Because I know maybe Jared will have that with your boys, but right. having a girl, girl, oh, what it's... does she trigger or what does she, what do you say? 
thanks to her, I see this. Yeah, I see a lot of myself and my sister, funny enough, in in O, and there are things that drive me bananas, but it's because they're, I know that there are things that I do, and mm-hmm. either subconsciously I'm showing that to her or she's mimicking and modeling my behavior, which often I'll try if I know a situation isn't great or I want someone to feel good. I overcompliment sometimes because... I just want everything to be fine. I want everyone to feel good. And I want, you know, if I if I know that everyone else feels good, then I can figure out myself. Correct. So sometimes I see her do that, like when she's in trouble and she'll go, Mommy, you're just so beautiful. <laughs> and so I'm like, shit. <laughs> and so I try, and I don't know if this makes sense to her at this age because she's four and a half, but I try and sit down and say to her, oh, just so you know, I love you no matter what. I love you if you're in trouble. I love you if you're getting straight A's. I love you no matter if you think I'm beautiful or if you think I'm ugly. You don't have to compliment me. It's okay. That's great. I tell them if I don't ask, it doesn't mean that I don't care. It's just that if not, I'll become an interviewer of you like all day. Like, what did you do? How was it? (laughs) So um, I tend to like just give them space for that and try to... While you're driving, I've learned that that is a good place, you know, like, because they don't look you in the eye. So you're like, so how did it it go today in recess? And they they become very chatty. Do you find, like, I have a hard time. It's like pulling teeth with the boys. Mm -hmm. And I... I try really hard and I I find it's either in the back of a car and they're chatting with a friend or it's late at night and they're tired and they're very open when I'm like tickling them on their arms or whatever. Um, But it's like pulling teeth, getting details from them. Yes, I think so. I also think there's like a manly code that, you know, it is learned Mm -hmm. and uh, boys don't tell on others. And, you know, there are more like those things that I would like working on. So, for example, with my little one, I'm like, it's okay to cry. Yeah. Because he, like, will do anything not to cry. And uh, he once said, boys, don't cry. And I'm like, that didn't come from me. But someone must have told him in a play date or a sport. And I'm like, boys do cry. And actually, it makes them more attractive. So he liked that. Little Eddie is into being attractive. So. Oh, he's so stinking cute. So how is it that you launched Town? So with, with Town, when I first started, I sat on it for about a year because I was so nervous about being a fraud or being called out as a fraud because I felt that I don't live this way 100% of the time. And I feel that with social media often, it's like you're either all or nothing. You're completely glam and you look beautiful and you're 100% sustainable and that's your message. But realistically, that's just, that is unrealistic. You cannot, I personally cannot live that way. And it's also seemed that sustainability seems very elitist and unapproachable, unaffordable. It seems political. And with town, I finally just threw my hands up in the air and went, you know what, I'm just going to go for it because I wanted to bridge a gap between politics. I don't care who you vote for. We all vote for certain issues, whether or not we think one person's an idiot or not. We vote for certain issues that speak to us, our upbringing, our hearts, our finances. It's different for everybody. And so with uh, town, I wanted to really create a platform where I am actually sharing my life. Like I don't live a complete 100% sustainable life. It's not realistic. And I I wouldn't even be able to afford 100% sustainability because it's almost impossible. But what are those small steps? And how can I be, you know, inspirational in that process? My husband is not, he didn't grow up thinking, you know, dreaming about eating tofu and raw veggies from his garden, you know, and he, yeah, he eats, you know, Chick-fil-A and Papa John's and, and we eat those on Friday nights when we have sleepovers with, you know, our kids' friends and, and that's normal. And no one should have to give up everything to enjoy life. But what are those things in which we can make a better impact on our environment and also in doing so, making a bigger impact on ourselves? And that's Jen, that's I love hearing... Um what you're all about and you inspire me being a better person 
I've been very conscious on, you know, Casa Lotus is a lifestyle. It's a state of mind where you give your soul some space for error, for for growing. And I talk about, you know, the the underpinnings and the layers for it. You need to be strong spiritually, strong emotionally, and then that will make a body, you know, stronger. But for the body to be stronger, it is fueled by being thoughtful about the food and um, the source of it. So I think we're both on the same line on, you know, our interests are very, are very similar. If I had to do, if I saw this, like, oh my gosh, when, when or well, where will I start? I started first with sleeping hygiene. Like I need to turn off all the lights. I need to uh, not put my cell phone nearby so I can not have any magnetic fields around me. Um, what what thing is close to your heart that you would say, or what was your story that this is what that was very close? What's the first thing you said? I'm gonna start up with this. Well, for me, and I love that you're so intentional with your home, and you've actually really inspired me to do more deep diving into my own home and how I, you know, are house is what it is. And I wish looking back, I had been more intentional with certain situations and rooms because you can do so much to impact your health with your home and your building materials. Um, putting certain crystals and energy is also part of that. And so you've definitely inspired me in that regard. No, thank you. Um, but for me, it was, you know, my thing first was food, but you can also, you know, if you're like, I don't, necessarily care about that or I don't want to put my energy or time or money into it. There's also other avenues like, you know, the clothes that we wear. I lately, I know there are a lot of items that are made with recycled plastic. Well, that also now, like we're finding out, has a negative impact on our bodies by absorbing the plastics or that when you wash them, it goes back into the water and it's just adding to the problem it was supposed to be solving. Um, so those all are, you know, tolerant. And what what is your tolerance with and how far do you want to go with these things? You can do a deep dive even into a sofa and certain states have different laws about fire retardants. Well, this don't quote me on it because, you know, my editor might go, wait a minute, this is yeah, not yeah, proven. Yeah. But one of the things that I've read about is that those possibly have thyroid um, repercussions yes. and consequences, whether that's true, I'm not a hundred percent, but it's worth, uh, it's of note and worth looking into. Totally in the, in our new house that we're building. Um, so we hired a building biologist and seems many woods, they put formaldehyde and I'm like, mm-hmm. I get very overwhelmed because I didn't like, why would they do that? You know, but it conserves the, the wood. And I'm like, so we're ve- getting very clean. In, I, I invite the listeners on the first season. It's building biologist Diana Jabour. She tells you, like, if you're going to buy paint, you need to paint your walls. Just decide. It's a Sherwin-Williams, actually. It's not like the one that you have the to fly in bond. from. Correct. Yeah. And uh, there are some paints that block cellular um, signal from your kids. Wow. So in bedroom, you, you can put that in. Uh, so there are many simple hacks that just add up and make a big impact. So um, I think it would be interesting to team up yeah. and share our lifestyles and in your the path and your journey of learning. You know, I never imagined a bathing suit oh, yeah. having like, oh, now it's made out of plastic and it's touching my skin and the skin is the biggest organ and it absorbs da da da. So I think it's very important to speak of it because I had never seen fashion as as an avenue for healing. And it can, you know? Yes. It can be an avenue for healing, even by not being wearing sharp objects and being nurturing with softness. And so um, let's team up and to all our listeners, please make sure to follow town town is t-o-w-w-n and it stands for take only what we need hola hola thank you my friends thank you for having the time 
to read my book on the way to Casa Lotus, but especially thank you for having the time to listen, to listen with an open heart and open ears. I don't take this for granted. Every second you give me is a gift for me. I get better and better and I work the muscle of forgiveness. I work actually all the muscles of gratitude, even of sadness. I'm willing to sit with emotions and project myself through you and my interviewing friend where I can really say, how can I apply this to my life and how can I be a better person? I hope my story is helping you. Is it? I would love listening to your story. Reach out, it's easy. Info at lorenajuncomargain.com. Tell me your story. We're a click away. That's part of the silver linings COVID has brought. So stay with me. Tell me what you think about this amazing episode. Un beso. Thank you. So now you're a mother and you start encountering what food am I going to give them? Is it organic? Is it is that how your love for food content and tell me more about that? Yeah, I've always been interested in the relationship with the outside world. I've always had a relationship with nature um, and had a respect for nature. I went to a school in Sun Valley, Idaho that was nurturing of that, uh, that relationship where we had to do a solo trip in Moab, Utah for a couple of days and camp out and ration the food that we had and build snow caves for a tent in, you know, the middle of the mountains, Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho. So having that relationship and reliance on nature and knowing how to use nature for our benefit and at the same time not taking too much and not leaving anything behind, mm -hmm. leaving no trace. That's something that's been instilled in me for since I was really, really young. And once I started having children, I really wanted to figure out a way to also teach that to them. That was showing, not telling. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, we would go on hikes in Vancouver. Like Vancouver was such a great spot place to live because you have this beautiful urban city in the middle of in the heart of these mountains and the ocean. And it's just, it's just, it was beautiful. So that was, that was kind of the beginning of it. It was just hikes and walks and, you know, kayaking and, and such. And then once Odette was born, I didn't know how that relationship would in turn become a business. At the time Odette was born, I had been, I wasn't on social media And I was watching people on social media um, make a living from talking about the things that they loved. And so I saw that and I went, well, that's cool. I can still be a mom and I could still be a, a partner with my husband and maybe, you know, show a little bit of my life and have fun with it and also totally financially be independent a little bit. And That was just something that I wanted to do and learn from. And having a daughter, I just wanted to show her that I can do something too. Yes. And uh, if you go to Jen's house, I mean, she truly lives what she uh, applauds. Like she has her chicken coop, her veggie garden. You can see how the kids dress. I see in you the reusing clothes and, and make them fashionable. So I think like, You're very approachable. There are some friends that just go too far out and it's, you know, you kind of lose that connection with them because you feel you're always doing something wrong. Right. And I think that you have made me understand that there's a happy midway. Well, thank you for saying that. I Well, that's what was really challenging in the beginning because when I first started, I was kind of all over the map. I was I was making a lot of money, which was so fun for me because I felt, I, I just felt a sense of I don't being know valued, I guess. Being valued. Yes. yes. But I also felt slightly empty and I didn't know what I was saying because I was taking these deals and talking about my life in a way that I enjoyed, but it wasn't in a way that made me feel like I was teaching anyone anything mm -hmm. of value. I was just saying like, try this and try that. But I was thinking to myself, well, I don't even know what the ingredients are and how I feel about it myself. 
um, I'm trying all these things, but I don't know if this is really the thing that this is. Yeah, the social impact. Yeah, what am I teaching and what am I showing people? And so that's when I did a real 180 and a, a real deep dive and what do I care about? And so I started town, but I felt for the longest time like a fraud. So my friends listening, please follow town on social media. It's with a double W, so T-O-W-W-N. Tell us examples of how we can take only what we need. Um, well, there are several ways, and it's different for everyone, which is why I started this platform. You know, for some people like myself, I wanted to really understand the way we were eating. So we built a chicken coop, and we have chickens in the backyard, and The kids go and get the eggs and we learn, the, you know, how to give scraps and compost and the compost affects the soil and we need to have great soil to have great produce and food. Um, where we buy our vegetables, why, where we buy our, our meat. I'm really big into regenerative farming, which makes a big impact. What is regenerative farming? So regenerative farming is a relationship um with animals and how the animal's life cycle affects the soil. Mm -hmm. So much of the food that we eat has a negative impact on our bodies and on our guts. It's it's rich with uh, GMOs and chemicals, and which had initially a really great intention, which was, you know, providing lots and lots of food. And But it actually is an unnatural process you know we really should have our vegetables spaced out and we shouldn't till our seasonal. soil they should be seasonal we should be eating seasonally and it's really challenging right now when you can get anything that you possibly want at a grocery store totally it's the good and the bad of it so um and i'm not saying that anyone should be militant about this because that's not realistic the same way it's not realistic for me to wear completely green eco-friendly clothing and everything I think today I'm actually wearing eco. This is Cezanne, which is ethically made in France. They still have to ship it. So mm -hmm. the carbon footprint of that might. That's what I've noticed. So all the brands you recommend, I do want to buy them. And then there's like this, it's more expensive. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, if it's more expensive, how am I impacting with the money? Right. So I think it's a healthy exercise for everyone to say only if it doesn't. I mean, if you're going to invest in that and then maybe have less veggies at home or, right. you know, good organic meat, well, maybe. So it's like a numbers game. You need to decide how to be wholesome in how you spend and and the products you buy. Mm -hmm. But um, exactly. about the footprint, do you think it's still better to ship it? I Well, and that's what we're really trying to figure out on the platform because a lot of the information that's out there currently is either doom and gloom and you get numbers and you go oh my gosh what's the point mm -hmm. and it becomes scary and then there's you know the opposite which is like get rid of everything and it's yeah. unrealistic so on town we're trying to explore that balance of is that better is it not better and can i be carbon neutral if maybe i'm buying and shipping with shipping this way but I'm also maybe growing vegetables and somehow Correct. that offsets in some way shape or form so we're yeah, trying that's to explore being responsible. that that's beautiful well thank you I mean and again we're just getting started uh, uh, eventually we'd like to also start products which is also kind of ironic because we're saying don't buy this but uh, buy it please buy it mm -hmm. if you need it yeah you yeah know? but I think that <clears throat> conundrum is life yeah but I mean It is just doing what's best at that moment and no shortcuts I, that I've learned the hard way. Like there's no shortcuts to health. There are no shortcuts to raising up your kids, you know, so time, time needs to be part of the process. And as you say, this is a process in, in complete evolution. You know, town is building up itself on its own. What I value is that you're making it very simple, but like with powerful quotes, little by little, it's like putting a seed yeah. and then it, you'll, you'll Water. start seeing the, the results. With healthy soil and nutrients and yeah. And my team consists, uh, we just hired another journalist because 
the the eco space. I mean, especially now with the internet, you don't know what's what mm-hmm. and what's truthful and what's not and what in, what to lean into. So everything that we also put out there is researched and is a fact, you know, and then you can change your opinions the more that you learn and read about it. Um, but it is important to understand what is real and what isn't real. And Totally. And I also you, I feel you're very approachable because let's say I invite Thomas and I'm like, but I... If it, is it okay if I go and get Chick-fil-A? And you're like, totally. And that is like, okay, she's still normal. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sadly, you know, it's a little bit intimidating. But having someone say, of course, that's okay. You're like, okay, so sometimes I will not do Chick-fil-A and I will do it at home and I will have the organic chicken. And it's in the little, little I think actions. once you leave your house... Like, uh, there is no rules. You know, I mean, whatever your rules are. And by the way, we Chick-fil-A quite a bit at our house. So, um, you know, because sometimes you don't have a choice and you're busy. And and it's like, if you want me to smile, I need to solve dinner. Exactly. Because I'm so tired, you know, so it's... Uh, Those shortcuts are important it's sometimes. An ex- it's an exchange. Exactly, exactly. And and that's why sometimes there are shortcuts and band-aids because sometimes we just need to solve a problem and I will deal with the consequences later if there are any. Um, and, and does Jared get it? Like, is he like, whoa, this is amazing. I'll follow your lead. or Or is he like pulled by the ear. He's a little of both, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you look at our pantry, all because he's so tall, all of his stuff is up at the top and it's like all canned tuna and shakeology and crap that I'm like, why are you eating this? But he does let me replace it with a different version of that. That's good. Um so that's good and he's certainly interested. He loves learning about biohacking and he loves health and gut health. Uh, He was into veganism for a a hot minute of maybe this will be (laughs) great on my body or so he's certainly interested. He's um, incredibly curious and loves research, but I think he falls more in alignment with what do I have time for more than I'm going to take the time to meal plan and you and know. and um, I remember one of your posts being about like your night routine, like use this cream and wash your teeth with this uh, toothpaste. Mm-hmm. And you're so real. I mean, I'm like, she didn't even care. Like you had a bun. <laughs> it's like, actually, that's how you do it. You know, it's it's um, I know. it's not pretty. So it makes it relate relatable and I think that's very brave because you're a very beautiful person but it makes you even more beautiful that you're willing to put a very real scenario uh, on the screens and and share it with us so just know that everything you tag I go straight (laughs) to Amazon (laughs) and you know but is there a better way should we buy not through Amazon and like what what's your take on that yeah that's difficult I mean I will say you know, I know that that's a hot button right now, supporting Amazon. I think there are a lot of positives that come. You know, it, it's quick and easy. And again, like we talked about, sometimes quick and easy is a necessity. So mm-hmm. we need things now. And, you know, like it's banned book week next week. And I just ordered a bunch of banned books as quickly yes. as I could because I knew I could get them quickly. But I would much rather support book people in town and and local. small local and smaller businesses that need our foot traffic in there and that to me supporting and making a connection and you know cust- great customer service and getting to know each other also has a real impact as well a big social impact yes so i think good curating is is such a good um, important so in the book i put curación in spanish it it means selecting good things and portraying them but it also has a second meaning which means healing Mm. so curar means to heal so when an art are called curadores which means the healers so I think it's beautiful that you know what actually you're doing by doing town you're healing people you're curating beautiful uh, products and you're showing them us to us and say, hey, there's a better al- alternative 
or hey, have you ever thought about how fun it would be to have chickens in your backyard? And um, and I love it that you also share like the bloopers. Like <laughs> this is why what, what I expected, and this is reality. Yeah, uh, this is how I thought it would be, and it didn't. And so I I have a big admiration towards you. And I, um, I pray you always stay so real because I think that your whole follower, um, big base is based on people that need that. And thank you for saying that. I, I find that it's important to surround yourself with people that keep you real. My closest friends, you know, like you, like uni is never going to be one to be like kissing your ass. She's going to say, Jen, what the hell are you thinking? You know, and same with Ashley. Like, yes. I love those friendships that keep you real and grounded no matter how hard you are at the top or how how hard totally. you fall. Like, those are the people that you want around you and that allow you to be real. Um, and, and so they that's give you too. space as well. Yes. Like, hey, she's busy. This is not personal. Totally. And because if you become like um, overmanaging a, a friendship, she didn't res respond. She's... A bad person. No, she's busy. Yeah. Nothing is personal. Everyone has a busy life and we're all just doing the best we can, right? Yeah, I agree. Have you had an issue with um, privacy and like having your kids in a little bubble or is that just Austin yeah. is a friendly place? I mean, it's tough because it is so friendly and Austin's been so friendly with us um, that it is easy We've had conversations with the kids, but we try not to, we don't talk a whole lot about the publicity side of things. And I don't know if that's to our detriment or, or not. I, I think we have people show up and we've had people walk down our driveway before. And that is always like, that's where it feels like this is really invasive. Mm -hmm. This is my personal private space. And I am more careful with our kids um, and what I do show of them. I, I don't often show the older two anymore just because they are getting older and they are more impressionable. They're also forming their own ideas and opinions and I want to respect that. Um, and so I am more careful. But th they're just crazy people everywhere. I mean, even this poor girl who, this 22-year-old who trusted her boyfriend, you know, there's just yes. nuts. There are some people that are unfortunately just a bit Nuts. And so while I don't want to teach our kids that they always need to be on guard and not trusting of people, but it's that balance of being careful. And, you know, unless we tell you you are going home with someone, you do not get in the car with anybody. You don't, you know, the you know, basics, the basics. But yes. And um, another thing, Austin is going in such a exponential way in so many ways so I would take this as an opportunity to use your voice and have an impact because right now we have a more sophisticated community. Community, yeah. Um, for I mean, there's good and bad, but if we take the good, I think that you were right on spot. Uh, town started just in time, and how can we help you expand uh, your message and? Obviously, telling our friends to follow you, but is there any other way that we can be helpful? I mean, a million ways. <laughs> tell us. Tell us and tell your public how how can we help, Jen? Well, thank you. I mean, I think by following town and just giving us more of a platform right now is really helpful. Um, I really want to keep building up our community. For me, I also would love to think of ways that I can think of um, – solutions to problems. And, and if that's a product, that's fine. But, you know, for me, I really want to get people outside and enjoying nature, but also feeling good. So I, for me personally, love fashion. And I feel like when I have my, you know, mm -hmm. clothes that fit and feel good, um, I'd love to, to eventually get into developing um, something like that. But, you know, for me, supporting town, supporting our messaging, following along, and we're going to start getting more involved in the community. There's the Field Guide Festival, which is coming up. Um, my friend Trisha Sutter. Uh, what is Sutton. it? I haven't heard of it. Um, so this is the first year that they're doing it. Um, and it's kind of, it's not the antithesis to the Food and Wine Festival, but Trisha Sutton, uh, her partner is Philip Spear over mm -hmm. at Commodore. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, she does a lot of 
the the vegetables and and such that they use and so she wanted she's very involved in farming and she wanted to create an environment where she could have local farmers and chefs and really honor them and not just like just taking a bite of mass produced food and drinking and which also has so a place. So it's more like you go to the field versus they come to you? Is, is that the scenario? Well, I, I forget where she's holding it. So um, I, I don't remember the location yet. But basically, it's a fun, bunch of farmers speaking and, and it's going to be more interactive. So meet your local growers and meet local chefs that are going to create um, food from these great ingredients and sort of just watching that process um, as opposed to, you know, the Food and Wine Festival, which is also fantastic, but I feel like it's more of a giant event and you really don't get to see the talent that the chefs bring to the table when you have mass-produced food like that. Totally. And it's also the ingredients may not be the best quality because it's hard to do that on a larger scale and Wow, that's amazing. I applaud that. And please tell Trisha that I, yeah. I would love meeting her and You'll getting to her. know more of this. That, that's amazing. So, Jen, um, at night is when I go like very dark, very deep. And I start having voices of doubt and voices of what am I doing and what is my purpose? And then I have to reevaluate, like, is it still for the right reasons? So the book, for example... Um, they started, friends started questioning me like, but why do you have to share it with the world? And for me it was because it's important to have a voice. It, I don't, I, I cannot control how people receive it, mm-hmm. but it was very important for me to just not, not keep it to me because I know there might be many people suffering from the same circumstances and I tap to those hearts that are ready to listen. And I have had beautiful answers and inspiring and I'm like oh my gosh this was so worth it but I've also had people telling me like it's so stupid you didn't file the lawsuit like that is very wrong so I follow up with I understand what your thoughts are and you should you know stick to your belief system my belief system is that I know he's a better doctor because he'll never do the same mistake again so I prefer living under that and obviously I have things in place for me to be measuring his, you know, if if he does that again, he might be dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I've only heard good outcomes. outcomes. Uh-huh. So I do have like my internal measurement of what success looks for me. But I, I tend to be shy or maybe, let's put it this way, I tend to lack belief in myself on how I can take a book into something bigger. So what would you recommend that I do? I see you as such a high achiever, also like raising your voice in what you believe is important. And do you ever have those doubt, like dark nights or like, why the hell am I doing this? All the time. But first, before I even go into that, I just, I'm first sorry or not sorry that you go through that because maybe that gets you inspired with those doubts I don't know if you feel like that Mm -hmm. but I'm sorry that you go through that because watching you as a friend I'm always in awe of what you're doing and accomplishing and you know you just do things and make it so effortless look so effortless and it always feels so just warm inviting and calm always like um and I just think that speaks so much to how you carry yourself and create um, a certain, I don't know, um, energy and circulation around you, and that you know what that must attract. Thank you. I I I don't know how to put money value on me. I'm very good at yeah appraising art. I'm very good at knowing what a talent is worth. But when I point towards me, I tend to like oh I don't know if people would spend on me like yeah. I have a hard time charging. Oh, no, you can keep it. And uh, do you have any 
strategies or things that you can share with me? Did you go through that or have you always been like... No, I'm in the exact same situation where I have a hard time. I call it advocating for myself. I have a really difficult time, even in friendships sometimes, which is maybe why the over-complimenting, because it just makes it seem like it's going to go away, but internally it makes it worse. Um, because you're not being your authentic self and not going, hey, I am a, an asset in the situation right. and I am I am of value. Um, and it's so hard because I feel circumstantially that I have always been devalued in situations as far as like work was concerned. When I was working and I was a lead of a TV show, granted I was new, there were several people that made more than me, even though I was working at least double a week. And is that your fault or is it? Um, I don't think it's my fault necessarily, but there were situations that I was then working on weekends for free or I was told not to be difficult. And I've been able to witness my husband in situations. And, you know, I think he is a tall, white male, which he already has going for him. And he will be the first one to say that. But he's also, you know, it gives him a leg up. And unfortunately, in this way, in society, which we need to change, um, we have a lot of reform to do. But he has an ability to really advocate and say, no, this is my worth. I'm sorry. you. I will not show up without this. This is what I'm bringing to the table. And so I do that now with town where I freak out or on my own platform, and apologize and think, well, no one's going to want to see the real me. I have to make this look pretty or I have to put on a show in order to somehow be of value. And it's so challenging. And if it weren't for my children and obviously for my husband, who is a my biggest cheerleader, but really it's modeling that behavior for my kids that I have to kind of go that extra mile and be more confrontational which totally. I've always looked at confrontation as scary and negative. Me too. But it doesn't mean it has to be bad, you know? And it it's so it's such a vulnerable place. And um, putting value on your expertise and what you bring to the table is such a beautiful thing. But I'm saying that going like, gosh, I have to keep telling myself that too. Because, for example, I end up, always serving on boards, always mm -hmm. signing up to help, always having time for uh, giving a friend some advice. And even if you want to be detached from results, I do find myself feeling undervalued. And like I once told a friend, like I would if I were a babysitter, I wouldn't even know how much to charge. So it's so weird. I have a book. I have an art gallery. I'm considered, you know, a voice of importance, but then again, I don't know what to charge by the hour. So it's like this disparity yeah. and it saddens me. So in whichever way the Lorenas of the world, if you can help us with your story and being, um, being valued and giving us the courage to say, no, I need to say no because I don't feel seen or yeah. appreciated or... So I, I invite you to do that because, yes, we want to be friendly with our environment. But as a woman, we also need to be friendly with it, with ourselves mm -hmm. being paid. Like, yeah. there's a, I mean, sadly, we grew up, at least in Mexico, like still with a, being a mother is your responsibility. And of course it is. But there's also a value to that. Mm. And I'm not going to work because I'm being a mother. So, um, you know, there's this exchange that I think is unseen or unvalued. So because it's not a monetary. Correct. There's not you can't place a monetary value on it, which is somehow devaluing. It is. Or in a big company, it's easier to hire men because with women, it's a reality. We'll get pregnant. We'll have kids and maternity leave. And so I think that in whichever way you can include in town that part of you and right. how the struggles, I think I would actually buy. Now I'm telling you, I'll be your advocate. I'll help you because you would be helping heal me, that part of me. 
Oh, well, thank you. I think we just need to keep cheering each other on and I think checking in with each other, like, are you asking, are you making sure that you're holding your ground on this stance? And, you know, I watch you as your friend and I see everything that you're doing and I just think, wow, it's so important and fantastic to be that courageous and vulnerable and share your story so that someone else learns from your journey. And that is of such value and it's so courageous. So I I hope that you always, as your friend, are able to advocate and say, this is my worth and I will be your biggest cheerleader. Okay. I love (laughs) that. I love that. So thank you, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I know you're a busy woman and Please, if there's anything or a very special message that you want to share with all our audience, uh, we are number two in Mexico. So just know that you'll start having a big following in Mexico. Thank you. And also think about other countries. You know, the U.S. is very blessed in many ways. So whichever ways you can share a simple changes that you can empower women in other countries, that would be great. I'll be listening to all your content with those eyes and see how we can make women stronger women and just the world a better place. I agree. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for listening to On My Way with Lorraine Hunko Magain. We'd like to invite you to send us your thoughts and any questions from this podcast by emailing Lorena at LorenaHuncoMargain.com. You can also reach out to us directly through our website by clicking the link in the show description of this podcast. Special thanks to executive producer Casey Helmick, studio engineer Joseph Olguin, audio and video editor Scott Caro. This podcast is a production of Terra Firma and recorded from the historic Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas.